Turn in the scripture, please, to the book of First John, First Epistle of John, the uh, fourth chapter, First John four, and seventh verse. Uh, we've spoke on what love does, and we've already talked about love that believes rather than love that feels. We've already talked about love that lasts. We've already talked about love that uh, forgives. And now we've been getting into love that gives. And uh, in 1 John, our text, he said, Beloved, let us love one another. Now this term we're going to see again and again. One another refers to your fellow believer. Your brother in Christ. Now you're going to hear me say that more than once probably tonight. Watch out for it. (laughs) He said let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God. And knows God. It is the greatest distinguishing mark. Of a real child of God. A real believer. Is that this love that God is. Is in you. And coming through you. Keep reading. He that loves not. What? Now this is quite a statement. Isn't it? He that loves not. Knows not God. If you don't know this love. You don't know God. You can be religious. You can go to church. And not know God. You can be baptized. Sprinkled. Number of things. Name on the roster. Be a member. And not know God. Keep reading. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. God has already proven he loves you. And it is insulting to ever say or imply or let yourself think for any period of time. Well, God, if you loved me, you'd do this or you'd do that or to try to challenge him. To prove. He has proven. He has. Beyond any question. To a person of any understanding. Proven. In this was manifested. Shown. Demonstrated the love of God to us. Because God sent. His only begotten son. Into the world. There was not another. Son of God. One and only one. Now thank God. Since he's raised from the dead. There have been many. Sons of God. But when he gave him to us. He was the one and only. And still is the one and only. Redeemer. Savior. And God proved how much he loved us. Because he gave him. And sent him for us. That we might live. Through him. The wages of sin was death. 
And that's what we had, and that's where we were headed. But he loved us so much, he didn't leave us there. Somebody say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Keep reading. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. He loved us when we were still his enemies. God loved you and I and paid the total price for our eternal salvation and life in his family with him before we were ever born. He knew us and loved us and saved us before we ever drew a breath on this planet. Glory to God. You know, as people get messed up in their thinking, of course, with the devil's help, they go, you know, after what I've done, I just don't know if God want me anymore. <laughs> he already knows the stuff you're going to do that you hadn't done yet. He knew everything that you would ever do before you were ever born. And Jesus has already paid for every bit of it. He's not in the process of deciding if he's going to keep you or not. He decided that knowing everything that you would do and wouldn't do before you were born. He's already decided that. Are you saved, saints? Somebody say, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm already accepted in the beloved. I'm already washed by the blood. My name's already on the book. (laughs) Glory to God. Keep reading. If God so loved us, you hear a lot of people say, God, you know, you've done so much for me. How can I ever repay you? Right here. Right here. If God has loved us like that, we ought. Ought is a form of the word oh. We ought to do what? Love who? One another who? One another is your brother in Christ. Your fellow Christian. Somebody said, doesn't that mean the whole world? No. Jesus went into great detail distinguishing between his and the world. We're going to read some of it tonight. Are you saying that we shouldn't love the world? Certainly we should. But the command here is not to love the world, it's to love your fellow Christian. If God loved us, we ought to love one another. Keep reading. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Even though we haven't been to heaven, we haven't seen him, we can experience him by this love that's in all of us, that's born again. If we let it dominate us, if we let it influence us and come through us, even though we hadn't seen God, We're hearing him. We're experiencing him. When we're experiencing this love. And other people, even though they may not know anything about God, when they see the love of God in us, when they hear it, 
they are experiencing the God they don't know. Not religion. Love. Keep going. Hereby know we. Not we think so. We know this. That we dwell in him. And he in us. Because he's given us of his spirit. Now he's talking about love. And he talks about spirit. Right here at the same time. When you say. Filled with the spirit. You know what else you just said? Filled with love. Because what spirit is he? He's the spirit of God. Who is? Love. No such thing as being full of the Holy Ghost. And full of meanness. Because <laughs> he's not the mean spirit. Is he now? <laughs> so he says it in the same idea. Of being full of love. We know. We're going to see in just a minute. We've passed from death to life. Because of the love. And also it says. Because we have his spirit. We know. It's saying the same thing. Keep going. We've seen and do testify. That the father sent the son. To be the savior of the world. Keep reading. Whosoever shall confess. That Jesus is the son of God. God dwells in him. And he in God. And we have known. And believed the love that God has to us. God is love and he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. We need major mind renewal about what love is. Love has been so mixed up and misrepresented and and people... You know, they love their wife and, and their kids, and they also love pizza, and they love football, and they love their car, and, and they love this, and they love that. Folks don't even know what they mean. And they think it's a feeling. They think it's an emotion. God is love. God is love. It's beyond feeling and emotion. And love is where you want to live. No matter where you are on the planet, if you're living in love, you're doing good. Go to the third chapter, please. Just back up a page, maybe. Verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Now, there is a push. And it's politically correct to believe some form of universalism. By that I mean that the peoples of the world and all their varied religions, some of them numbering in the billions that are not Christian, there are other religions, that they are serving God, the same God, by a different name. It's just not true. I said it's just not true. And people say, well, you know, there's many ways to God and and people make their own way. Some go to church. And, and some just believe in nature. And some just this and so. Yeah and some are saved and some are lost. No. We're all brothers and sisters. In the same family. The same creator God. We are not. That's not true. Unless you've received Jesus. Unless you're born again. You're not in the family of God. I know folks don't like that. It's politically incorrect. It's socially incorrect. But what's true? 
If folks are not, if there is a heaven and a hell, if there is an eternity, if Jesus is the only way, we don't want to give people false hope. We don't want to support them in their deception while they go off the cliff. Do we? Into eternity without God? Somebody better speak up. Well, that's us. Right? And you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be hard about it. But we can't be all encompassing. I can't be a Christian and say, yeah, there's many ways to God. When being a Christian means believing what the Christ told you. And the Christ told you and me, he is the only way. And nobody comes to the Father except by him. Right? And the Bible said here in 1 John, he said, if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father either. I'm quoting scripture. He said the children of God are manifested and there must be another bunch. Who? (laughs) That's not all being one family, is it? Whoever doeth not righteousness, neither he that loves not his brother. Keep reading. This is the message that you heard from the beginning. What's the message? Not just one of the messages, the message. The, this is the message. Because it's the New Testament command. What is it? That we should love one another. One another. Verse 12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. And one of the most evil things on the planet is envy and jealousy. It's a killer. It's a murderer. Oh, it might not put a bullet through your head, but it'll do something to hurt you. It'll stab you in the back. Envy is awful. It's absolutely devilish. Keep reading. Marvel not, my brethren, if what? The world hates you. Keep reading. We know that we, not everybody, there's a world that's different from the family of God. There are children of the devil just like there's children of God. We know, though, that we have passed from death unto life. How do we, how can you know this? Because we love very specific group. Who? The brethren. We love the brethren. We love our brothers and sisters in Christ. He that loves not his brother abides in death. Keep reading. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. The sure indicator that you've been born again, that you have eternal life in you, is this love. Keep reading. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. Here's that word again. We what? We ought to do what? Lay down our lives for the brethren. This is being a real Christian. You can go to church every Sunday. You can chant prayers. You can quote things. You can believe in what this is right or this is wrong. And still not be a child of God. What's the indicator that you're a real child of God? 
You love your brother. You love your fellow Christian. And how is that demonstrated? God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. The chief expression of love is giving. Got to be. That's what God did. The greatest expression of love is giving. To be a Christian is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you of your life. And God doesn't need money personally. He doesn't need food. He doesn't need clothes personally. But his kids do. And if you do it for them, he takes it personally. Inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it to him. Keep reading. Said, Whoso has this world's good and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? Keep reading. My little children, let us not love in word. That's Telling someone you love them is great, but it is not the greatest expression of love. Is it? God so loved the world that he yelled from heaven. I love you. (laughs) Thank God he's told us he loves us, but that's not the greatest expression of love. The greatest expression of love is not feelings. Didn't say God so loved the world that he said, whoo, I, I just, I got these feelings. Man, I just feel. God so loved the world that he, he gave. And here he's talking about giving. The New Testament command to love one another as he has loved us has been generalized and vague. People believe it. They believe it's important. They believe you should do it. But how do you do it? Just telling folks, I love you, brother. You know I love you, sister. We love you. That's great. I'm not knocking that. But is that all there is to it? Is that it? Us coming together and telling each other we love each other? No. No. Let us not love in word, not just in what we say, not just in tongue, but in what? Deed, action, and in truth. God so loved us that he did something. He loved us so that he gave us the greatest thing he had. And for anybody with any understanding, you look at that and you go, boy, he loves me. Look at what he gave me. Look at what he gave for us. Look at what he paid for me. Look at what Jesus loves me. Look what he was willing to do. Give himself. Somebody say amen. Amen. Go to John 13, please. The greatest expression of love is giving. Giving. And in talking about loving one another in 1 John, he mentions specifically, if you see your brother have need. 
and you've got ability and you don't give to him, he said, how is the love of God in you? Because if the love of God is dominating you, it's going to move you. The love of God is going to impale you, compel you, move you to help your brother in need. You know, people get stirred up and they get religious and they want to go do great things for the world. That's great. They want to go uh, 5,000 miles to the other side of the world and, and do something for somebody. And that's great. That's great. But to command is to love your brother. Right here. Right now. And you know the Lord could have put you over there. He could have had you born over there. If he'd wanted to. There's a reason why you grew up where you did. Why you talk like you do. Think like you do. Huh? Yeah. John 13.34 Jesus said a new commandment I give to you. What is the commandment? That you love who? One another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. How did he love them and us? He gave gave his life. He gave his blood. He gave himself. He gave every part of his being. He, uh, he he, He bore the chastisement of our peace. He was made sin with our sin. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. He was made poor. Right? For us. Spirit, soul, mind, body. Every part of his being. He gave it. He gave until there was no more life. And no more blood to give. He gave totally. How could anybody ever question his love? How could you ever question his love? He gave everything he had. He's given us his blood. He's given us his life. He's given us his righteousness. He's given us healing. He's given us holiness. Hasn't he? It was all his. We weren't good enough. We couldn't earn ours. He gave us his. You know why we can come boldly to the throne of grace? Because he could. That's his. And he gave it to us. Now we can. But we're not coming in. With our righteousness. We're coming in with his. It's his. But we didn't steal it from him. He gave it to us. (laughs) What didn't he give us? He gave us. His holiness, he gave us his wisdom. We have the mind of Christ. He gave us his righteousness. He gave us his name. Gave us his name. Didn't he? No one should ever dare question his love. He couldn't give any more than what he gave. You believe he loves you, saints? He's proven it. Beyond question beyond any doubt he's proven it and you say man I I so appreciate it what can I do you can love your brother (laughs) like he's loved you that's what he said people act like it's a mystery well what can I do for you God he's already made it real plain what you can do you love his other kids you love your brother you love your sister 
He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Now, it's all the more obvious who he's talking about loving because he said the disciples loving one another. Right? So it's obvious who he's talking about. And John 15 tells us the result of this. John 15, 9. 15, 9, Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus is telling us that the Father has loved him this way before all this. He said, I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Continue ye in my love. Stay in this love. Live in this love. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you, what? About loving each other. Why? That my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now this is the thing the church by and large has not gotten. Every one of us in here tonight need a big double, triple dose of this and some major mind renewal because religion and traditions of men have turned the love command into a hard, non-enjoyable task. Oh, I got to love them, I guess. Like we said the other week, if I have to, I guess. But no, Jesus said, you do this, and this is what everybody is looking for in a bottle and a pill and a syringe and with their position and their stuff that can never, never satisfy them. There's not enough money in the world to give you fullness of joy. Oh, you might dance around, throw it in the air and act giddy and buy everything you see for a few months. But you know what's going to happen? It won't be long. You'll be sitting up on the ninth floor of your castle and you've done everything and seen everything and been everywhere and you've still got a great big hole in the middle of it. Some of the richest people in the world are some of the most miserable. At least poor folks can imagine <laughs> that if they had it, they'd be happy and fulfilled. <laughs> but the rich folks have had it all, and they still have this great big hole inside. Things can't give you joy. You can't even enjoy a new car unless God's riding in there with you. You can't. You can't even enjoy a new house. Unless the presence of God is in there with you. But when you have obeyed him and he's pleased with you, I don't care if you're riding a bicycle or a new jet. You got joy in your heart. Joy. Joy. Joy that can't be expressed. Full of glory. Joy full of glory. Joy. Full of glory. Joy. And the key to it is not selfishness getting everything you think you ever want 
Jesus said, you go for your life, you'll lose it. That's how you lose it. It'll slip through your fingers. You'll look up and your time will be gone on earth. and You won't have done anything except try to make yourself happy. And it is so empty. Key to joy is loving your brother. That's the key. It's a revelation that millions never get. Let's get it, saints. Let's get it. While people all over the world, including Christians, are chasing this and chasing that and chasing the other. And they get it and they're still not fulfilled. And uh, Have you ever noticed how it's always something else? <laughs> it's always something else. You get that and then it's something else you need. You're able to do that, then it's something else that you really, really, really need and want. And when you get that, what? It's something else. And it's a trick of the devil because it'll always be something else, which means that you will never be fulfilled because it's always around the corner, over the hill next year, somewhere else. It's a trick. But Jesus said, if you'll do this, my joy will remain in you. And the Bible said he was anointed with oil of gladness above his brethren. Don't you believe all these Sad pictures of Jesus you see painted around. Don't you believe it? Nobody was more joyful than Jesus. Nobody walking there said he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his brethren. All you'd have to know about that is the little kids flocked him. Little kids do not cling to the leg of grouchy britches. <laughs> Grumpy folks that bark at them and yell at them. Get away from here. I'm trying to pray. Jesus little kids loved him they loved him they loved him doesn't that tell you volumes that tells you volumes right there they just flocked to him keep reading Jesus said that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full he said this is why I gave you this commandment to love one another so that you could be full of joy. Verse 12, he says it again. This is my commandment that you what? Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this that a man do what? There's that phrase again. How did he prove his love for us? He laid down his, he gave and laid down his life for us. Can we do that? Yes, we can. Now, nobody needs to pay the price he paid. It's been paid. But we can lay down our life. He wouldn't tell us repeatedly in the New Testament to do it if we couldn't do it. How do you do it? Well, it's giving something that's yours, that's your life. But you're either letting go of it or letting someone else have it or not doing it so that they can have it. Sacrifice is involved, isn't it? And you got to be unselfish to do it. That's why you want to keep it for yourself. Well, I've got my own life. I've got things going on too. (laughs) And the problem is folks are completely obsessed with their life and what they're doing and what they want. 
Have you noticed how many people are in their own world? (laughs) Going up and down the road, in the grocery store, in different places, people will run right over you and not even see that you're there. Why? Because they got a life. They got stuff they're doing and it's important and they are oblivious to anything else round about them. Now you know who people are, don't you? (laughs) We's people, too. And you got to watch about living in your own world and just being consumed. All your time, all your energy, all your resources are consumed. People say, well, I live for my kids. That's total selfishness. Whose kids are they? (laughs) They're your kids. I live for my kids. Then you don't live for God. There's only one number one place. And if you live for your kids, you're messing them up. Because you're not teaching them to live for God. You're teaching them to live for their kids or live for themselves is likely what they'll get. Selah. Go with me to the book of Acts. Here's something exciting. Book of Acts chapter 20. Notice the word. My. My kids. My. Ministers have to watch this. My ministry. Well, honey, your ministry ain't the body of Christ. It ain't the church. It's a part of a great big thing. Well, I'll just give everything for my ministry. Well, that can be selfishness. Notice the word my. Right? My, you got to watch it. My. Laying down your life is not something you do for yourself. That's something that's benefiting your brother. Now, if it's not benefiting them, then it's not a love act, and it can be a total waste of resources. We're going to get into that in just a moment. In Acts, Acts 20, 35, let's back up to 32. He said, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands have ministered to my necessities and to them that were with me. I've showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Sit out loud. It is more blessed. It is more blessed to what? Give. To what? Give. To give than it is to what? Receive. He didn't say it's not blessed to receive. You are blessed to receive. But what? More, more blessed. I don't know why I hadn't seen this before, but this word in the English doesn't quite do it. Look this word up. Where it says more blessed. Look it up in Vines and Strong's and other places. Here's what Vine says. That it means very, very much. Very, very much more blessed. 
Well, that strikes me different than just saying more, don't it? (laughs) Very, very much. In fact, in the same New Testament, Mark is translated the more a great deal. Same word. It's translated not just more, but the more a lot. The more very, very much. The more very, very much what? Blessed. Oh, friend. Millions of church-going people are blessed. Not nearly as many that are very, very much more blessed. Why? Because millions are receivers. They're receivers. And the church has changed over the centuries from what it began. And not in a good way. The church has become an institution and the idea is that a handful of people that are called to the ministry are to do all the work of the ministry while 99% of the folks come and receive. And that's not right. Because the New Testament command is not to a handful of preachers. Is it? And so masses of people go to church. And that's good. Because there's a whole lot of people who don't even do that. And to receive. And that's good. But that's it. They have their life. They got kids. They got work. They got housework. They got, you know, soccer practice. And doctor appointments. And this and this and this. And so the only thing they ever think about serving God is, yeah, I need to go to church. So they go to church to receive. And folks that will do this sincerely will be blessed. They will be blessed. But they won't be (laughs) very, very much more blessed. Now, I don't know about you, but I... I'm signing up for the very, very much more blessed. Who is that bunch? Givers. 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 Can you say amen, saints? Givers. The ministry gifts, preachers, we read this, uh, well, I'll read it to you again. In Ephesians, put this up on the screen for us, please. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the eleventh, let's read it and amplify it, 4.11. It said, God gave gifts. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, pastors, teachers. Why did he give these? Verse 12. Many people believe he gave them to do the work of the ministry. It's not true. He gave, his intention was what? The perfecting and the full equipping of the saints that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body. For one thing, a handful of preachers cannot minister to the whole body of Christ. Impossible. It's too big. It's too much. Can't do it. Can never do it. Not supposed to. And... 
Another thing, God did not want the preachers to get all the development and all the reward and have all the fun. How do you keep the New Testament command? How do you do it? How many believe this is important? Keeping the New Testament command. It just doesn't get any more important than this. How do you do it? We've seen scriptures that say laying down your life. We've seen scriptures that say don't just love in what you say. But in deed and in truth. But how many believe that the record we have of the early church. If this is important as we believe it to be. Is bound to show it. Right? There's got to be example of the church practicing the love command in the book of Acts. If it's central, if it's number one, where do we see it? You actually see it in the first chapters of the book. And it keeps recurring. Go to Acts 2. There's a blessed club. It's a good club. Millions are in it. Don't require much of you. You just show up and receive every chance you get. (laughs) But there's another club. There's another club. It's the very, very much more blessed club. (laughs) That's what I want to be. I'm confessing I am. That's my club. That's my bunch. But what determines that? Whether you are a receiver only or whether you're a giver. Whether you give of your life for your brother. Not just for the preacher. Not just for the church. It is the church, but don't just look at it as this vague thing. No, it's your brother. It's your sister. We got teams all over the place. And this was the thing I'm sharing with you again, some things the Lord spoke to my heart and showed me, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago about this. Same thing. He doesn't change. This word is always read the same. And the teams are service teams. And people ministered to you. They loved you by cleaning your seat before you got here. They loved you by meeting you out in the parking lot, even if it's cold. And smiling, helping you out of your car, driving you in the little cart. They loved you. They're they're not just saying, I love you, brother. (laughs) They're loving you in deed and in truth. People are loving you by ministering to your children while you're in here receiving. Right? People are loving you. Isn't it wonderful how other of our brothers and sisters in Canada in Europe, in Australia, in Africa, have loved us by sowing into our buildings and into our stuff over here in Branson. Many of them may never come to Branson. They may never see Branson in their whole life. And they have sown money because they love God and they love us. And it's not talk. They proved it. They sent their money. And oftentimes money represents their life. This was hours they worked on their job or hours that they put into their project that they completed and they made money and they took of their sweat and their time and their efforts and they gave it to us. And they said, we want you to have a good place. 
We want you to have a word production center. We want you to have church in Florida. We want you to have. Now, if God has loved us like that and loved us through them and they have loved us, we ought to. We ought to do what? We ought to love our brothers and sisters. Somebody around us. We ought to. We ought to do it. And it's going to require more than just a pat on the back. And I love you, brother. It's going to cut into your day. It's going to get in your schedule. And the result of it is that you'll be full of joy. Don't forget that. Right? I'm already tired like it is. eh? It's already taking all my gas money to just do what I'm doing. And and all my time. Well, then you can just remain a part of the blessed club. (laughs) The receivers only. Acts 2. If the love command is as big as we know it is. There's got to be examples of the church practicing it. In the book of Acts, Jesus is raised from the dead. He ascends on high. And Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, there came a rushing mighty sound. They all got filled. There were signs and wonders. They come out of there speaking in tongues, and people heard them in their languages. Many different languages. Absolutely miraculous. They're speaking fluently in languages they never learned, and they don't know that people are understanding. And where we're told in numerous places what they were saying, they're talking about the great mighty works of God. So Peter preaches, and thousands get saved, and the church is off to a great start. You hear people sometimes hollering, oh, I just want a New Testament church. I don't like these big churches. <laughs> I mean, you better read again. They started off with 3,000 and grew from there. <laughs> In the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 41, they gladly received his word. So they received. They were baptized, same day they were added to them, about 3,000 souls. Are they blessed? Yeah, Yeah, because they received. Are they blessed? Because they received. Yes. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The first thing that happened was miracles in the church. Signs and wonders. The second thing that happened after the folks got saved was fellowship. Fellowship. Well, they're getting to know each other. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They're being taught and preached to, and they're fellowshipping in breaking the bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. How many know we're supposed to have miracles in the church? Just a continuous stream of things that can't be explained. And they that believed were together and what? Had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. 
and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They did eat their meat with. Do you see some joy? Some joy, gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, every day, such as should be saved. Are we looking at them keeping the New Testament command? Are they laying down their life for their brother? They are giving stuff. They're selling stuff. They're liquidating stuff. Why? Why? Because their brother needs something. Their sister needs something. Right? This is New Testament command being kept. This is real Christian love and activity. And here's the big one. Nobody's making them. Nobody's making them. What's motivating them to do this? When they got full of the Spirit, they got full of love. Because the Spirit is the Spirit of God. God is love. When they got full of the Spirit, Acts 2. Remember what happened in the front of Acts 2? They got full of the Holy Ghost. And before the chapter is over, they're giving like crazy. Huh? They just, stuff is flying off the shelf. And I mean, there's stuff is being sold and liquidated and distributed. It's happening church-wide, thousands. And they are happy. They are glad. They're praising God. They are the church. They got the joy. Because they got the love. And they're not just receivers. They're givers. Can you see this, saints? This was not just an isolated instance. Look at the fourth chapter. Chapter 4. They got persecuted. Bible didn't say you wouldn't have any persecution. They that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But where there's issues like that, the grace is much more. We studied this a while back. Uh, any of that is not even worthy to be compared. I reckon. Is that what the scripture starts out? That the sufferings of this present time, not worthy to be compared. With the glory that shall be revealed. And notice what happened. They came back and they prayed this powerful prayer. Instead of talking about stopping preaching or stopping healing. They asked him to do more signs. And more wonders. That's what they got in trouble for to start with. They said Lord we don't care what they say. We want more of this stuff. Give give us more signs. We want healings every day. Well they just threatened that they're going to kill them. What if they do kill you? Heaven, here we come. It just gets better. When somebody has no fear and no fear of death, well, why are you saying that? Because if you're full of love, it casts out fear. You got none. Perfect love just throws it out. So they're not scared of them. They're full of love. They're full of God, who is love. They're not scared of what a man can do to you. People come up and say, I'm going to blow your brains out. You go, and that's all you can do. <laughs> Little man. 
I'm going to kill you. Yeah, if you did, I'm going straight to be with Jesus. You're the one with the problem. <laughs> if a man or woman's not afraid to die, you can't torment them. You can't torment them. Fear has torment. No fear means no torment. Keep reading. Their threats to kill them didn't go too far. They prayed. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the holy love. Holy Spirit. Is he the Spirit of God? Is God love? Then when you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with God. You're filled with love. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness and, and, so this is a result of them getting filled. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own. They got free from selfishness. They got free from fear. One of the things is, if I give this up, I may never have one. It took me half my life to get this. I give that to them. I don't know if I'll ever get another one. Well, you won't like that. But if you believe in sowing and reaping, you believe one can become many. Right? And if this is the biggest thing, if the Lord's dealing with you to do it, is he's taken away from you? Or is he going to add to you? Does he have plans for you to increase you? Do more for you? Again, what does love do to fear? It gets it out of you. And so, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Now, by this time, they started out with 3,000. On another occasion here, thousands additional had been saved, and they're getting saved every day. So this is a church of, what, 10,000, 20,000? I don't know. Thousands and thousands. And you could go through that whole bunch and everybody has got food to eat. They got a place to stay. They got clothes to wear. Their kids are, come on, are you listening? Say, everybody in all those thousands are well taken care of. Every one of them. This is real church. This is real Christianity. Do you believe it? Now I got to touch on this. Because you can get religious with this. And miss the whole thing. The very next chapter. Chapter 5. Is an example of people who did. Ananias and Sapphira. What did they get in trouble over? How did it start out? With them Giving. Them giving big stuff is how it started out. When it was done, they're both dead. Why? Hold your place here and go to 1 Corinthians. You, you got a few minutes? Or? In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3, he said, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and give my body to be burned. So give how much of your goods? All. all. That's given every dime you got. That's given all your stuff. And all your money. 
And when you got nothing else to give, you give your body. And have not love, charity is the King James for love, it profits you how much? Nothing. Nothing. It's possible to give and give big and give everything you got and it not mean a thing. Because you're not really doing it in love. Well, if you're not doing it in love, why would you be doing it? Why would you be doing it? You could do it because you feel like it's your duty. Because you're supposed to, to be a good person. You could do it out of pride, trying to show people how spiritual you are. There's numerous things that can be motivating you. And there are whole denominations and orders and movements that deny themselves every imaginable thing in the name of being spiritual and serving God. But the truth is, if it was not done to benefit somebody else genuinely, it is for nothing. And I know some folk have lived their whole lives and sacrificed and denied, but it was just to be religious. Jesus didn't lay down his life to prove how spiritual he was. Did he? He did it because we had to have it to live and to be saved. Right? Why would these people be selling what they've got? You don't get into this thing about showing off because that's exactly what happened in the next chapter. People are selling their home places. They're selling lands and houses that have been in their family for generations. And I guarantee you they meant as much to them then as yours do to you now. And they were doing it gladly because their brother's getting helped. Their sister's getting helped. Because everybody in a church of tens of thousands, their needs are all met. Every man, every woman, every child in tens of thousands of people is doing good, eating good, wearing good, living good. Are you listening, saints? That's why they're doing it. Nobody made them do it. See, people will read some of these passages. And they say, well, see there, the Bible said, them that has, supposed to give to them that doesn't have. (laughs) So then we're going to pass laws and take it away from you and give it to them. No, no, no. Listen to what happened with Ananias and Sapphira. When Ananias and Sapphira came, Ananias lied about how much it was. Peter looked him in the face. He said, before you sold it, wasn't it yours? After it was sold, wasn't it in your own power to do whatever you wanted to do with it? Nobody, there's no pressure in the church. There's no pressure. Nobody is trying to make them feel guilty or ashamed because they're not given or given a certain amount. None of that is happening. Nobody's checking to see how much you gave and if you gave this or that. No, 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 no. Because if it's not free and willing, it's not acceptable to God. And if you didn't do it in love, I don't care if you gave $10 million and your right arm, it don't mean a thing. 
If you're just trying to show off or show how spiritual you are or whatever kind of thing you think you're doing, the only reason to do it is because you love your brother and he needs something. And this will help him. Can you say amen? amen? Keep reading. Verse 8, neither was there any among them that lacked For as many as were possessors of lands or houses, they sold them and they brought the prices of the things that were sold. They laid them down at the apostles' feet. Distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And man, the church was something the people around them had never seen. The reason people get embroiled in organized crime and gangs and all these other things is because so many grow up without family and they grow up without daddies and they grow up without mamas and they grow up without, they don't belong to anything and they feel like uh, tossed on the waves of life and somebody says, you join us and we got you back and, and you're part of something. But it's a lie. I said, it's a lie. They will take you and use you and use you and when you cross them, they will kill you. It is not the church. There's only one real thing. No government can produce it. Did you hear me? No social club can approximate it. No do-gooders, no humanitarians can get there. You just can't. You just can't. Nothing has the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the love that God is surging up and through you and enabling you and the faith that can receive anything and move mountains. What does it look like when a people rise up and let this love flood them and flow through them? It looks like this. Nobody lacks. Everybody's needs are met and they're happy and they're praising God. And they're giving glory to God. And people are flocking to them by the hundreds and thousands and joining up with them. Why? Because the goodness of God will lead you to repentance and straight to him. Can you say amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 I want you to say it out loud. Thank you, Lord, for getting me and mine in the best shape we've ever been in. Not just so we can be comfortable and continue to receive, but so we can give more and more to other people more and more of our time our strength our resources to helping my brother helping my sister show me how thank you for setting me up in the right places at the right times with the resources with the strength with the free time with the health with the wisdom, with the words, with the money. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah.
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.